This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 7, The Usual Suspects. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. I have a document where I have our little intro written and I'll like change the the season and episode number and title every week um and I deleted the episode number and replaced it with the new episode number and the episode title and didn't delete last week's episode title so it said the usual suspects comma no exit <laughs> that was very good I probably would have just read it like that and be like what <laughs> I just blew my candle up I'm gonna relight this one second so I haven't checked our podcast stats in a while, have you? Um, I've been curious. It's been a couple, at least a week. We can check them at the end of the podcast. Okay. I want to see it. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, so I know I was really adamant at the end of last episode that we were doing a combo episode this week. As usual, it didn't happen. <laughs> but it's 2 a.m. <laughs> it did not happen. So let's just get right into the usual suspects, which is a pretty good Monster of the Week episode. It's fun. I liked it. It's a little more Sam heavy, which means I liked it even more because that's how I roll. All right. So we start off with a recap where we like established the family business line again. Um, and then it goes through their credit card scams, their fake badges. Every time they've posed their as aliases. FBI agents. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also touch on the events of Skin, which, so episode six of season one. Um, specifically, the whole Dean being a wanted murderer thing. And also yeah, being we kind of forgot dead. about that for a whole season. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's coming, coming back. back. <laughs> Almost exactly season, or whole season later. <laughs> um, so our episode opens in Baltimore, Maryland. With a police station where a detective, his name is Pete, we don't actually learn that until a later. bit later in the episode. Like, they never say his name until Diana says it that one time. Also, they never say Diana's name for a hot minute, too. I had to go down to my... I was like, I just can't keep calling her Lady Cop. <laughs> That's usually what I call them. <laughs> lady Cop. Yeah. So, um, so, we meet Pete, who... We won't know his name yet, but he is on the phone, and he's getting a page faxed to him. Um, I can't remember what he says when he's on the phone. (laughs) But here we are kind of cutting in between um, a SWAT team, like, coming up the stairs onto the second floor of one of those cheap motels where, like, the doors all face outwards onto the parking lot. Um, This very classic supernatural hotel, or motel. And then we cut to the the... Um, Detective Pete, he comes into this, like, concrete interrogation room, and we see someone is handcuffed to the table. We just see, like, the handcuffs and kind of the outline of their right arm, I think, but we definitely don't see their face. 
um, and he's talking to this person. I can't remember what he says. I did a really bad job of taking notes right here because I was like, oh, I forgot how much it jumps around. <laughs> um, so he's, he's like, you know, I thought you were just stepping up your game, but like grave desecration, like that's weird. Still a long way from murder. Um, and then he specifically mentions that he just got a fax from St. Louis where this person is suspected of torturing and murdering a young woman. Uh, but no one could prove anything because supposedly they died there. So, um, we cut back to the motel where a SWAT team, the SWAT team breaks down the door and, um, we get like an interior shot of the door coming down and someone just off camera throwing their hands up. Um, and as we get cut back and forth between Pete talking to this unrevealed person <laughs> that I opened my thing for a second. It's just, it hummed and I was like, did I actually push the button? I'm just hitting things because I'm waving my hands around. It almost hit me in the face. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! <laughs> okay, so, um, Pete is talking to the unnamed, unseen person in the interrogation room, and at the same time, Diana, his partner, um, advances into the motel room with her gun drawn and she says going somewhere Sam and we reveal that this is Sam uh, <laughs> and meanwhile back at the police station Pete says that Karen Giles will be the last person that gets murdered and as he stands and leaves the room the camera turns to reveal that the prisoner is Dean and we get our splash screen um, I, I love the way this episode jumps around, but it's going to make it a fucking pain in the ass to cover this first section. So what we're going to cover is what Sam says happened. Um, and then we're going to cover what actually happened for the sake of my own sanity. <laughs> okay. So from our splash screen, we cut to an interrogation room. This is kind of one of the like nicer interrogation rooms for someone who actually like hasn't technically been arrested um sam's not handcuffed to the table like dean is or anything yeah it's got like a window um there's like some little filing cabinets it looks kind of like a like a repurposed like office or conference room um diana enters the room and she offers sam coffee and he's like okay so you're good cop where's <laughs> bad cop and diana says that bad cop is with dean um and she kind of starts getting into Sam's whole life story, how he grew up moving around a lot, but he was a straight-A student, he got a full ride to Stanford, he was pre-law, his life was going great, and then his girlfriend died in an apartment fire and he dropped off the grid. Sam's like, I was taking some time off to, you know, process, <laughs> make a normal person, grieve, Yeah. Um, going on a road trip trip with his brother um he's trying to kind of play it cool diana though is like no like we we know what you and your brother get up to we have 
possible hits of Dean's prints at a dozen crime scenes. Sam's like, possible hits mean they can't be used in court, which is true. Also, fingerprints are way less reliable than you'd expect, because oftentimes, like, it's really not as common as you'd think to get, like, a clean print, you know? Because, like, so, like, I keep picking up this cup, right? You know, you like, my fingerprints all, all over this, except that I grab it in a slightly different spot every time. Right, so those yeah. fingerprints are actually smeared. Mm. And so you have to get, like, a very, like, a very clean print for it to be usable. Um, so oftentimes if you're listening to, like, a documentary or a true crime podcast or something and they say, you know, they had, like, X number of viable prints, that means it was actually a print that was identifiable as a clean fingerprint and could be put into a system, Hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it'd be like if someone specifically grabbed the edge of the door in a very specific spot, you know, or they get, like, a partial palm print or things like that, which... Yeah. So it's a lot less of a, like, clear science Here's as people a question. Would they it. be able to piece together a full print from a bunch of partial prints? So let's say you get, like, part of a fingerprint on one thing, a different part of the finger on another thing. Could they, like, I don't think scan so. them and put them back together? No, because you ha- they'd have to know for a fact that those prints were actually by the same person. Yeah. Which, because fingerprints are also distinct, like, if you just have, like, half of someone's finger in one spot and the other half in another spot, how do you know that those are the same finger to the same person? Yeah, you know? I guess. They yeah. have to have, like, a full, like, full contact clean print. Yeah. Like they do when, like, you get fingerprinted for, like, the post office jobs and stuff. They had the hardest time fingerprinting me, honestly. Did they really? Where did you go? At the post office. At the fo- post office they did it? Yeah. Oh my god, one, I actually went to a police station. The one up in Salt Lake, um... They had trouble with one of my fingers. This wasn't laying right or something. Oh. Weird. The f- so I've actually been fingerprinted in two different ways. Because I went to... I was living with my parents at the time that I first started working for USPS. And I went to um, the police station, the little police station in their town. And they did, like, the actual ink prints there. Oh, really? And then later realized that I actually needed two sets of prints. And I, they weren't going to be open again until, like, Yeah, they did two mine days. all digitally. Yeah, with the digital they weren't going to be open again until like two days after I needed to turn the prints in. So I got permission from my like HR manager at my new job to bring in my second set of prints on my first day of work that Monday. And I literally went to the police station. Actually, the probably the one closest to my grandma's house. No, I think it's the next closest. Um, and they did the digital one there. So like I've done ink and digital. <laughs> The digital one is interesting. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's it was more temperamental. Yeah. Definitely like you have more to temperamental. have it more exact. Yeah. Because the machine is very picky. Mm hmm. Um, okay. So they have Dean's prints. They have a bunch of possible hits. Possible hits mean, don't mean usable in court. Um, but Diana says that they also caught Dean red handed, literally, <laughs> at the murder scene of Karen Jack. Karen Giles. Ah, so that's um, what red-handed means. <laughs> I never thought of that. Does it? Is that what it's it like means? blood on your hands, literally? Maybe. Let me see. It's in, in the act of committing a crime or misdeed. Why do we say red-handed? 
Yeah. Given how it was used in the earliest references, the phrase red hand or red um, was probably... Sorry, let me start that again. <laughs> okay. Let me just read this whole paragraph and I will link this Mental Floss article for you guys in the com- or in the episode description. So the expression caught red-handed has its origins in Scotland around the 15th century. Given how it was used in the earliest references, the phrase red hand probably referred to people caught with blood on their hands from murder or poaching. Yeah. I genuinely never (laughs) thought of that, but here we are. And it does make sense. Yeah. Okay. So Dean was caught red-handed in a murder scene. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Um, Basically, Sam comes to realizes what's going on. Diana wants Sam to flip on his brother. Sam's like, fuck no. Not happening. Um, but he will tell her, like, what happened. Um, because Diana says that she'll, she she wants to try and get Sam a deal, um, if he turns on Dean. So, Sam tells Diana that their dad and Anthony Giles were good friends. So when they heard that Tony had died, they came as soon as they could. Um, and Sam's like, it would have been hard for Dean to kill Tony, by the way, because we weren't in town. Um, they went to comfort Karen, Tony's wife. Um, and after they like che- checked up on her, Sam says that he gave Karen a hug and told him to call, told her to call if she needed anything. Um, Diana's like. Okay, well, we have a witness who saw two men fitting your descriptions breaking into Tony's office. And Sam's like, well, yeah, Karen asked us to get some personal items, photos of them in Paris, that sort of stuff. She gave us the key. Um, And then after they went to the office, Dean went to check up on Karen and Sam went back to the the motel. Um, Diana says that, that he asks how Diana knew which motel it would be, and she says they found the motel matchbook on Dean and asks why Sam wasn't with him. Um, and Sam insists that Dean didn't kill anyone. She's like, you you fucking split up. Like, in Baltimore, you were together all the time. <laughs> or in... In Baltimore? She says in Baltimore, I think. She, bless you. I think she means in St. Louis. Let me find this and double-check it. Um... Where I have the yeah, she says you were with your brother the whole time you were in Baltimore. Why separate now? Yeah, they're they're, they're in Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> they're she, in Baltimore, Maryland. She's basically saying you guys were together the whole time you were in town. Why are you separating now? I guess. Okay. So I don't know. Something about the way that's worded just weirded me out for a second because I was like they're. They're in Baltimore? Does she mean St. Louis? <laughs> but they weren't together the whole time in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, so she's like, you know, you separated so the Dean could go murder Karen. Um, so that's the story that Sam tells, which is that Dean went to comfort Karen, or to, like, check up on Karen, because she was kind of a mess when they saw her last, and Sam went back to the motel. Um, but there's no way that Dean would have killed Karen. So, what actually happened (laughs) is Sam and Dean, um, or Dean finds an article about Anthony Giles' death. He was killed by an invisible murderer in a locked room. 
with security cameras that didn't see anybody. So, <laughs> um, and they decided to go to town where they pose as insurance agents to talk to Karen, the wife. Dean asks uh, if Tony mentioned anything unusual leading up to his death, and he starts, he like starts listing stuff off. He's like, you know, sounds, <laughs> like all this weird stuff that Tony might have mentioned, and she's staring at him, and Sam is like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. <laughs> um, so Karen says that Tony had a nightmare of a pale woman with dark red eyes standing at the end of their bed. Um, so later that night, the boys break into Tony's office where they find the bloodstain where he died. Um, I think Dean says he was... One of them says that he, like, his throat was slit so bad that you could see a spinal yeah. cord, which Haley <laughs> literally said gross <laughs> while we were watching the episode. Um, but they also find tons and tons of papers that have been printed out that say, um, that have the letters D-A-N-A-S-H-U-L-P-S over and over again. Dean's like, Dana Schulps, like a, a name. Um, it's just written over and over and over. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, maybe this is the it was name. Like, uh, in a fax. Like, it was printed off from the fax machine. Mm hmm. But one thing I don't understand is how casual they are about spreading their fingerprints all over an active crime scene. I have to believe that they wipe their prints off. They've got to. Because like, we see them do it in Nightmare. After um, the uncle is killed and they're, like, standing on the fire escape by his window. Um. When, like, mm, yeah. moments after he dies. I mean, like, Sam's, Sam like, full on, like, using his keyboard and everything. Like, guys. <laughs> I have to believe that they wipe their prints. Because they, I mean, we see them do it at least once. But Diana also this says that they've, like... This is an active crime scene at the yeah, moment. Diana also says that they have possible matches for Dean's prints at over a dozen crime scenes. So, so they're not like, being that thorough They're not being it. that thorough. <laughs> Dean. No wonder they got caught. <laughs> At least wear gloves. My God. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. So, Dean finds all these papers. And Sam notices, like, some, like, smears on the glass surface of the desk. Um, would you ever have a glass desk? I feel like that would just be a constant smudge mess. Oh, my God. It would be filthy. <laughs> Okay, but he, he, like, breathes hot air on it and fogs up the glass, and it reveals Dana Schulp's written Again, yeah. on the glass. Um, so we, from there, go to a little later, Dean has been going through the files looking for anybody named Dana Schulp's. Sam, meanwhile, is working on, um, I don't remember exactly what he's doing on the computer. He's trying to crack something. Let me... His password to get. Is it just computer? to log into the computer? Or get into some files or something? He is. Um. Oh, he's trying to get into, like, Tony's personal files. So he's already, like, searched the internet. Uh, and mm -hmm. found no mention of a Dana Schulps whoever has lived or died in Baltimore in the last 50 years. Um, and now he's trying to crack Giles' password to get into his personal files. <laughs> he says it'll take him, like, 30 minutes. 
And Dean's like, cool, I'll just hang out. And he sits in a chair. And this moment is iconic. It is such a big brother moment. It's fantastic. Because Dean just starts, like, making weird mouth noises. Dean is me when I'm bored. I'm annoying God, other people. He's just, he's, he's stimming. He's, he's entertaining like... himself with weird noises. Yeah. He's just making, he's just, <laughs> it's great. Um, and then he gets bored. <laughs> well, Sam tells him to stop it. And Dean gets, Dean's like, I'll just leave then. I'll go talk to Karen. Um, and from there he goes, um, oh, in between Dean saying he's going to go talk to Karen and him and like cutting to Karen's house, um, Diana tells Sam that she heard the 911 call and that Karen said there was somebody in the house. So like somebody killed her. Yeah. <laughs> She saw something. Um, so at Karen's house, she sees a pale woman with red eyes and a slit throat, like, standing on the other side of, like, a glass pane. It's like those, like, French glass doors with, like, the multiple panes of glass in them. Um, but the woman vanishes when Karen turns on the light. Karen, like, freaks out, obviously, and runs upstairs to lock herself in her bedroom, before calling 911, but she is only able to get her, like, she says there's someone in the house, and she's able to get her address out before the call, the, like, the line goes dead. And then the fax machine comes to life. <laughs> That's how you know it's old. There's a fax machine. <laughs> it's a fucking possessed fax machine. <laughs> and starts printing pages exactly like the ones that the boys found at Tony's office. Um, and now Karen's freaking out even more. Because her fax machine is randomly printing off God Nonsense. knows what. Yeah. And she runs into her closet to find a flashlight, but, like, as soon as she turns it on and turns around, the woman that she saw downstairs is right there. Uh, and she screams, and we cut to Dean knocking on Karen's door. When Karen doesn't answer, he, like a fucking genius, decides to pick the lock... Um, and go inside. I guess he's gonna see if, like, he can find anything useful just in the Dallas's house. Yeah. Um, but instead he finds a dead body. <laughs> Which, useful, I guess, a little bit, but, I mean, does, also... he does learn a little bit of new stuff, because he finds, he sees the bruises on Karen's wrists, but also it causes way more problems. It took the police fucking forever to get there after her 911 call. <laughs> that or Dean got... Was just got there really quick. I guess, I'm, yeah. Well, because I'm assuming, like, Dean left the office, and while he was on the way there, this ghost shit started going down. And he got there. Because, like, the blood was, like, still fresh enough that the cops were like, nah, you definitely killed this lady. Mm. So, I'm guessing he didn't get there. He got there, like, not long after she died. Okay, that makes more sense. And then sense. the cops also showed up. Um... So, but yeah, <laughs> Dean finds Karen dead on the floor with her throat slit. Uh, he also finds the pages on the fax machine, and he notices bruising around her wrists right as the cops arrive and arrest him. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Not great timing. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Tina's terrible timing. Like, like, I get it, like, you know, he's gotta investigate the crime scene, but... And he had no way of knowing that she called 911. Mm-hmm. But still. Oops. <laughs> so, from the cops 
um, arresting Dean. We cut to Dean sitting in the interrogation room. And this is later after Sam has already been arrested because Pete is watching Dean through the mirror when Diana comes in and tells Pete that Sam's story matches Dean's to a T. Like, crazy, scary, exact. Um, <laughs> which, I that's one of the things I love about this episode, is it gives us, I love when we get a bit of an outsider's perspective on the Winchesters, because mm-hmm. it gives us, especially this episode, gives us some peeks into how they do things like what are their little codes what are the things they plan in advance the contingencies that they have things like that i always love when we get those details because the boys have all sorts of little secret nods and codes and plans and code words and Mm -hmm. it's great um okay so from there they like she and Pete get up and they leave the room. And this is the scene in the hallway that actually is a deleted version. Slightly extended version. Slightly extended version. Two lines. Two, yeah, like two, two lines. Two lines extended. <laughs> um, this is where Diana is telling Pete that if, if Sam doesn't flip, they have nothing but circumstantial evidence. Um, I think Pete tells her that juries have convicted on less, which they have. They have, in fact. Um, I think we even talked last week about how the jury convicted H.H. Holmes not because the prosecution had done a good job of proving that he murdered Ben Peitzel, um, but because they knew he'd killed some kids, too, for a fact, and were like, nah, you're going to jail. (laughs) You're gay. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) So, juries have definitely convicted on a lot less. Also, they have Dean at the crime scene with literal blood on his hands. Which is kind of damning, but, like, people have been at crime scenes and been in it. Like, someone has to find the body. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So. Um. Diana's like, well... I think this is where she mentions that Tony, the first victim, had a lot of, like, I think he'd call it, she knew a lot of criminal types. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, Tony's like, yeah, he was a fucking defense attorney. <laughs> he had so clients. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knew a lot of criminal types. Um, but, um, Diana's like, well, we have no motive and no murder weapon. Which is an important detail. That is something that juries will put a lot of weight on. If you can link the murder weapon to the, the suspected killer, yeah, like that's a big deal. Um, but if you don't even have a murder weapon, like where the frick? If she's like newly dead and Dean is crouched over her body, where's the knife? Yeah, he wouldn't have had time to hide it. Where? Yeah, what <laughs> did he do the with the knife? Because yeah. there's like. It's, a, it's one thing if the person has already left the scene and, like, dumped the weapon in the river or something, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's literally still there. They caught him red-handed, quote-unquote, at a crime scene. Where's the fucking knife? How did he kill her? Mm-hmm. If she also, died by, no like, <laughs> like... Also, no motive. Yeah. Why on earth would he just randomly kill her, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, so this is when the so the detective says that they they need to keep leaning on the Winchesters. Eventually, they'll break. Um, they can't keep it up forever. This is I hate this cop mentality. Of well, we have our suspect. We'll just keep pressuring them into confessing, and eventually we'll get the answers we're actually looking for, and then we can prosecute them. You know. Like, that is, how, that is how you get false confession. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're not getting a concession, confession for a reason, you know? Because they're fucking innocent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I have heard so many stories of people being arrested and then spending hours and hours and hours in an interrogation room with no sleep... And they just want to get out of there. And the cops will be like, well, if you tell us what happened, you know, we can let you go home or go rest or something, you know, and they like get them and then they tell the cops what they want to hear and are like usually being fed information in some way, shape or form. And that's how you end up with false confessions and wrongful convictions. And so many people in this country are wrongfully convicted. And false confessions is a huge part of that. I could talk about this forever. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna. <laughs> we don't need me to go down that rabbit hole right now. But just know, this this shit is fucked up. Um, this is when Diana brings up how Tony was a defense attorney and knew a lot of like quote unquote criminal types. <laughs> um, and she suggests they get back at it. And Pete's like, no, let them stew for a bit. And then they're like, leaning against a, casually leaning against a vending machine to kiss. They find out they're together. (laughs) They're a couple. (laughs) They're partners in both senses of the term. (laughs) Um, Have we mentioned yet who's playing Diana? No. Would you like to uh, tell the listeners? Uh, Linda Blair? Mm-hmm. I almost said Blair Witch. <laughs> nope. Wrong horror movie. It's Linda Blair. <laughs> uh, best known for her work in The Exorcist. Um, she does a great job in this Yeah, episode. she does really She's good. She's really great. Um, she and Jared worked really well together. I mean, that's something I've noticed about Jared, is he kind of... He is such a good actor that he allows other actors to be their best selves as a result. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, especially and if they're already a really good actor, it just makes it even better. Like he just feeds that energy. Yeah. And is such a like good presence to work with. Um legit basically every actor Jared's ever worked with is like, "Oh my god, he's an angel." <laughs> Which I love. Um. Oh yeah. Would you like to? Would you like to? Uh, to go over the deleted scene. It's so good. Basically, they just add a few lines in with their flirting, or they cut a couple lines from the out for the. uh, Well, the deleted scene. Yeah, they have a few extra lines. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Right after they kiss, Diana's like. She asks him if she's going to have to cuff him. And Pete's like, I sure hope so. <laughs> it was 
like, sitting, all right. I'm sitting here watching it, and I wrote, I was typing, um, like, my little description of the deleted scene, and I caught the, you know, am I gonna have to cuff you? And then Pete said something, and I was like, what did he say? And Babe's like, he said, I sure hope so. And I was like, whoosh! <laughs> That's, that is... <laughs> I just got a unwanted glimpse into their... Sex life? Sex life. Yeah. Didn't need to know that. <laughs> also, that's a little extreme for network television. <laughs> no, it's actually pretty mild. But, like, damn. That's actually pretty mild for Supernatural. Supernatural's got some kinky shit in later seasons. There's a full-on tentacle episode. Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Is there really? All right. <laughs> Dean almost has an anime scene. <laughs> we didn't know we got some hentai in here. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. Dean's really into that. That's hentai the term, too. right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um. Okay, so they kind of part ways. Um. So I love I love this moment where we cut back and forth between Sam in his interrogation room and Dean in his. Um, because they're both. Dean's sitting there going, Dana Schultz, Dana Schultz, like, saying it over and over to himself. Meanwhile, Sam has, like, a pen and paper and is writing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because he actually has a pen and paper. Yeah. Uh, I probably need to write his confession on, if he feels like it. Um, And we, like, cut back and forth between them. So we get Dean saying it over and over, and then we cut to Sam writing it out. And then we cut back to Dean as Dean's lawyer arrives. Um, I can't remember what his name is. Jeff, um, Kraus, something like that. It's at the very end. Oh yeah, Kraus. Okay, yeah, Jeff Kraus, his lawyer arrives. <laughs> yeah, so the lawyer arrives and he's like <clears throat> going over the case with him. Like, yeah, there's like. He's like, I don't know about St. Have. Louis, but they don't got nothing here. <laughs> they like, have they the don't have weapon. the murder weapon, uh-huh. but. Like, they did catch you, and it's like, all that. And Dean's, like, not paying attention. <laughs> Dean doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Dean doesn't give a f- Dean's like, if we stand here for a minute, maybe a fuck will fall out of the sky and land in my hands, and I can give it to you. I've got more important things Dean's to do. Dean's mind is on the case. Dean's mind is elsewhere. And he asks for a pen and paper, and the lawyer gives it to him. And then he's like... It's an anagram. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then he starts doing exactly what we just saw Sam doing. Yeah. Which is writing all the different possible combinations of the letters. <laughs> they have two brain cells, and they just swap them every now and then. <laughs> they have the same thought process, even when they're not together. Yeah. That's another thing I love about when you separate the boys, you get to see how similar they actually are. They were taught by the same person. (laughs) Yeah. They have, like, the same way of going about things in Mm -hmm. situations like this. It's so good. And then he, like, shows the lawyer all the different anagrams. He's like, do any of these make sense to you? The lawyer's like, you know how serious this case is, right? He's like, yeah. Humor me. (laughs) He's like, well... Ashland about... is like the name of a street. It's like I don't know about S U P. I think yeah, but Sup. <laughs> but Ashland is a street. It's like name. it's not far from here. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, do me a favor and get this to my brother." I'm he like, like writes a note and is like, "I need you to go see my brother." Yeah. Um. He's um, like, "If you want to help me, you'll give this to Sam." 
Um, yeah, so we cut back to Diana is at her desk. Um, she's like making a crime note or whatever. A report. A report, yeah. Instead of repost. <laughs> um, I don't know how to type. And then the computer just kind of wigs out and starts typing Dana Schultz again, like all the way down over and over again. Mm-hmm. All and then on it its like own. stops and deletes, like nothing was there again. Does it delete? Yeah, it deletes. I missed that detail. Oh, that's, and then that's just, like, even creepier for like, some reason. She's like, did I just imagine that? Because yeah. like, it, it's gone now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) A detail we forgot to mention. Dean calls the lawyer Matlock, which is a reference to, I think it's It's a a TV TV show. show. Yeah. Yeah, it's a reference to the TV show Matlock. Um, My grandparents used to watch that For those who don't know, I'm sure, I I mean, I wasn't born until after the show aired, but it was a TV legal drama that ran from the late 1980s to the early 90s, with Matlock being the name of the defense attorney that the series focused on. Um, so that's an important detail. <laughs> because when we go to Sam... Yeah. So the lawyer goes in with Sam and gives him the note, and he's like, okay, so now we'll talk about your case. He's like, calls him Matlock again. Yep, Sam calls him <laughs> Matlock. And then the lawyer's like, yeah, you really are you brothers. You guys really are brothers. <laughs> And then, yeah, before he can go over more stuff, Diana comes in and says they need the lawyer with Dean right now. Yeah. She's like, we need you with the other one. Because apparently Dean is going to confess. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, a camera set up. There's a bunch of, like, cops behind the 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 glass watching him. The room is full of cops. (laughs) And then, um... Dean confesses. I love this speech. <laughs> I might just, I'm gonna just include the audio clip. Yeah. Because it's so good. He Dean's delivery. Tells the truth. <laughs> he tells the truth. Um, so Basically, like, mentioning the Audio it's clip a ghost. here. <laughs> yeah. My name is Dean Winchester. I'm an Aquarius. I enjoy sunsets, long walks on the beach, and frisky women. And I did not kill anyone. And I know who did. Or rather, what did? <laughs> he basically just goes over the avengeful spirit. Yeah. Um, and it's trying you to know, communicate. You know, it's hard to communicate across the veil, like Red Rum and uh, The Shining, I think it is. I think it's The Shining. Let me check the trivia Which real is quick. murder backwards. <laughs> is it murder backwards? Yeah. Um... I'm pretty sure it's The Shining. Is it The Shining? Why is it... There we go. Yeah, it is a reference to The Shining. Okay. Once again. I was trying to find the trivia thing. I'm just clicking back and forth between my notes and the Super Wiki page. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, just like that, this message is coming across as an anagram. It's got, like, all muddled up. Um, so the spirit's trying to tell us something, and Pete... Gets he mad gets pissed. and he like shoves Dean against the wall, which is very unprofessional. <laughs> very unprofessional. And Diana's like, "Hey, um, cut it off, get off of him," you know. Knowing what we learn about Pete later, it makes sense because for Pete, Dean is the solution to all of his problems. Yeah. Like, but so it like makes sense that he's really 
uptight about yeah. getting this confession. But it comes across like, hey, actually, like you're you sure ca- killed my friends. Like, yeah, I'm upset about this. It does. I forget that he was friends with Tony. Yeah. Um, also, this is the first time we learn his name. Is it? Mm-hmm. She, she says she, call him she calls Pete him earlier. I don't think so. <coughs> this is where she calls him Pete for the first time. Okay. Um, um. So he basically just tells the officers to lock Dean up, so they like handcuff him again. Um. And for some reason, they go back to Sam's room. I think he's running to like talk to Sam about. Okay. What just went down. And then Sam is gone. Yep. And just leaving the note that Dean left him on the table. Uh huh. So there is a deleted bit here. Um. Where right after Pete storms out of Dean's interrogation room, Diana follows him and she asks Pete if he has seen that scrambled word before because Dean holds up his piece of paper with the anagram on it mm. and like all his little solutions. And this is after she had that weird thing on the computer, yes. so she's seen the she's same thing. She's seen it somewhere else. Um, and she kind of starts to tell him, hit space what a whole bunch of times. Yeah, what happened earlier, but decides against it, um, and he's like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm alright. And he, Pete says that they should go work on the other one, and this is, they've been, like, walking down the hall, and this is where they walk into the room where Sam was. And Sam is gone. Um, and we finally get to see in this scene what the note says. Mm -hmm. Um, it says, Hilt you know, Ashland is a street or something like that, and then it's signed McQueen, which um, uh, Pete's like, what the fuck is Hilton McQueen? Like, what does that mean? And Diana explains that McQueen is, or Hilt and McQueen is a reference to Steve McQueen's character, Captain Hilt, in the movie The Great Escape. Um, the SuperWiki theorizes this is, might be code that means that McQueen will stay and buy time for Hilt to escape. So, which is exactly what Dean did. Dean got the message to mm-hmm. Sam and then drew the attention of all the officers with his fake uh, confession yeah. so that Sam could somehow get out of a building without never access explained. to the fire escape. Yeah, they were like, how did he get out? There's no fire escape. It's never explained. <laughs> literally, Pete's like, the fire escape's over there. <laughs> There's like literally explained. cops like in their cars he, underneath the window. Also, it's, I don't think they're in their cars, but they're like police cruisers oh, yeah. parked down the street. No, there was a bunch of cops around it too. Was there? Yeah. I guess there's... I don't know. Also, it must be noted, Sam still has a fucking cast on. <laughs> yeah. The boy still's got a broken wrist and he fucking escaped from like a third floor window without Somehow. a fire escape. <laughs> With no one noticing. <laughs> With no one noticing. I don't know. Okay. Alright, so we got to Diana entering a bathroom. It's dark and when she turns on the lights, they flicker. Um... And I guess she's just washing her hands because she approaches um, one of the sinks, but before she can touch the faucet itself, the water just turns on. <laughs> the, like, handles and stuff don't move, it just turns on, which is creepy. Um, and then all the other sinks turn on. <laughs> and they're all, like, really hot, so it's making a whole bunch of steam, and it's fogging up the mirror. Um, and as Diana watches an invisible finger spells, Dana shulps in the steam. Um, freak, she's freaking out, obviously, and she wipes the steam away. 
and it reveals behind her in her reflection the woman who killed Karen. Um, Diana like turns around and the woman gets closer and she's the trying ghost to. Woman. Yeah, it's a ghost woman. Just to clarify, <laughs> she's trying to. It seems like she's trying to speak, but she can't make any sound. Probably because her throat's cut. Probably. And there's good, good, blood gushing <laughs> out of her throat. <laughs> Which is really good special effects makeup. Yes, I fucking love supernatural Don't special know how effects they did makeup. That, but... Um, like latex prosthetics and stuff. The fact that it's like gushing blood though, must have like something under there, like they literally it out or something. Okay, I legit saw like a behind the scenes a test, a test prosthetic for like someone getting their throat ripped out by a vampire, and yep. they literally have like this neck piece and it's got like a tube. That goes into it, uh-huh. and they were just testing with water, but they like pushed the like the pump and it squirts uh. everywhere. So I'm assuming it's something similar, yeah. Where it's like a tube hidden in the prop or in the the latex like prosthesis that the cut is that's like um, making it drip blood. So. It's very effective. That's assuming it's practical. It could that blood could be CGI, but I'm assuming it it's pretty practical to me. They usually <laughs> go practical with stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they like which, their fake blood on the show. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from the bathroom, we cut back to the interrogation room that Dean's been in this whole fucking episode. The boy literally spends like ninety percent of the episode in this one room. <laughs> Um, well, it's probably closer to 75% because we have, like, the little flashbacky scenes. So, um, Diana comes into the room. I'm assuming she's, like, because Peter's, or Pete sent him, like, back to the cells or something. So I'm assuming Diana has, like, brought him back out so she yeah. can talk to him. She wants to know more about what Dean was saying earlier. Um, <laughs> she's, like, pretending you're not entirely insane, what would a vengeful spirit be doing here? Uh, and Dean kind of explains to her how vengeful spirits are Usually made. Either you're insane or I am. and <laughs> Or both. Or both. Could be both. <laughs> um, he goes on to, like, if someone dies, like, a violent death and, like, justice is never served, um, they can come back as a vengeful spirit. Um, Diana asks if they're capable of killing people and Dean's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but when she's asking this, she, like, rubs her neck and as she does so her sleeve kind of rides up a bit and we see this bruise on her wrist and dean immediately notices this and is like it's the same bruises that were where on did Karen. you get those and she's like i don't fucking know I just <laughs> like she didn't them. notice them um and dean says that karen had the same bruises and he's like you saw the ghost um and uh he's like i know you think you're going crazy but the last two people who saw this thing died. Um, you need to go find Sam. <laughs> she's like, you're gonna give up your brother to me. And he's like, first motel in the Yellow Pages. It's how we always find each other when we get separated. Um, another little contingency plan that the boys have just also back when the Yellow Pages were <laughs> so back when the Yellow Pages were a thing. They're still kind of a thing. They're just digital now. Yeah. Um, They're not yellow anymore. <laughs> At least I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, yeah, no. So, from there we cut to Sam in a ugly as fuck motel room. It's not as bad as the one from, um, uh, Provenance. Have we had the mirror on the wall, or ceiling one yet? I feel like we have had a mirror on the ceiling. 
at least once. Have we? So I can't far. Remember. <laughs> um, I think this motel room has the weird spiky clock. Either this one or the one that Sam was in earlier has the weird spiky clock that makes multiple appearances throughout the series. <laughs> um, D- Diana knocks on the door, and uh, Sam opens it to her, obviously. And we cut to after she's kind of explained and she's showing him her bruises. Um, Sam's like, tell me everything. Every detail. Um, she's like, I should be arresting you. And he's like, you can arrest me later. Let's Spill. save your life first. <laughs> yeah, let's make sure you don't die so that then you can arrest me. <laughs> um, so Diana describes the spirit. She was really pale. She had these like sunken red eyes. Um, and her throat was slit, and there was just blood everywhere. And she was trying to talk, but couldn't. Sam's like, okay, well, I have found a list of girls who disappeared from Ashland Street, which is what Dean figured out the anagram stood for. Um, and he pulls out a stack of pictures, and Diana's like, excuse me, sir? (laughs) Those are crime scene and booking photos. How the fuck did you get those? Sam's like, you have your job. (laughs) I have mine. (laughs) Yeah. And he gives Diana the stack of pictures to look through, and she flips through a couple, and then she's like, it's this girl. Um, And this is Claire Becker, and she was arrested a few times on, like, narcotics charges. I think specifically dealing is mentioned. Um, Both Diana and Pete worked narcotics previously, but Diana doesn't ever remember arresting Claire. Yeah. So, according to Sam's research, Claire was last seen entering a building on Ashland Street, but the police, like, searched the building and they never found anything. So, his plan is to go there and see if they can find the body. Um, lucky for him, the body is there. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Sam and Diana go to this building. It seems to be, like, like, it's a, like, abandoned house that has become like a like an old warehouse type yeah shop, it's like shop of some supplies. kind yeah and it's it's got like there's like a couch with like like evidence that like this is a place that um people who use drugs yeah there's like some used needles on to the get ground. high yeah yeah so it's kind of a hangout spot for drug users um luckily nobody's there when they arrive <laughs> at the time so um, and while they're searching the house, Sam starts to go upstairs, and Diana kind of looks deeper onto the first floor, and she encounters the ghost of Claire, um, who, like, appears under this window and, like, approach is approaching Diana, who calls for Sam, but by the time Sam gets there, Claire has disappeared. Um, and Diana says that she appeared over by this window and asks Sam to help her move this big, like, industrial shelf that's there. Um, the window has, it's backwards, but you can see that it says Ashland S-U-P, because the rest of the letters have, like, gotten peeled off over the years. Ashland Supplies, I yeah. think it said. Which, I totally forgotten that that's where the, I was like, where the fuck does the S-U-P come from? <laughs> does the ghost just make that up? Like, where did, no, this makes sense. Um, <laughs> so, and when the sun comes through the window, those letters are... Like, the silhouettes of them is on the brick wall on the other side of the room. So Sam gets out the EMF meter, and it lights up on that wall. Um, And then he gets a big stick 
or something. I don't know what this thing is he's using to yeah, like bust a down a brick or wall. But yeah, he busts open the wall and they find Claire's body. I love this <laughs> this bit where he's like, something's bothering me. And she's like, you're digging up a dead body. And he's like, oh no, no that's this is normal. normal. <laughs> he's like, the weird part is that Claire led us to her body. Like, no vengeful spirit I've ever met has done that. Yeah, because it's basically showing how because he's going to gonna salt and burn her bones. Yeah, that's his plan. Yeah. I'm assuming he did. But except for she shows up again, so they probably didn't. They probably didn't, yeah. Because they realized... They figured they it out. Yeah. In a minute, they'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they pull the body out and unwrap it. Um, there are, like, th- metal cuffs on her wrists, which would have caused bruises like the ones that Diana has. Um, Diana also notices a necklace that Claire is wearing. I wrote Diana twice. <laughs> I kept getting confused. Diana notices the necklace Diana is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam asks if she recognizes it, and Diana's like, yeah, I have seen it before. It's like custom it's, made. It's really rare. It was custom made at a shop over on Carson Street, and I have one just like it. It was a gift from Pete. So why does Claire have a gift from Pete? Is he, like, trying to bribe her, maybe, first? I think he kind of had a thing for her. Yeah. A little bit. And he's probably um, trying to bribe her, so she wants to Also that, yeah. Him. Yeah. So, this is where Sam realizes that Claire isn't a vengeful spirit. She is a death omen. Um, trying to warn people, um, because she wants justice she wants people to to know who her killer is so this is our first death omen and trying to warn them of him yeah 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 so um she didn't go to tony and karen to kill them she went to warn them but because she, she can't speak and she's also a ghost and things get muddled the message never got across until now Beeb, though, did a little bit of, um, did you think I was pointing at someone else? No. <laughs> oh, he, like, looked over your shoulder. <laughs> Beeb did some, a uh, little bit of research on death omens for us. This is the first time we've ever encountered a death omen. I think, I don't know if we ever actually encounter one again, but would you like to tell us what you found? I mean, technically the hellhounds are a death omen. <gasps> technically they are! The whole black dog thing, also too, in black general. Also, black dog is a death omen, yeah. It's which, the grim. Which is why I think it's dumb when the boys are like, maybe it's a black dog, which they never actually show them hunting a black dog. But because black dogs don't kill people, they just warn you of death. Yeah. Like, killing the black dog doesn't doesn't stop people from dying. It just stops the warning. <laughs> it's like turning off a fire alarm and then being like, oh, there's the no fire. <laughs> we don't hear the alarm, there's no fire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into Babe's research. Well, this first bit I got just from Wikipedia. Um, so an omen, also called a portent or presage. Presage? presage? I don't know. I don't know. It's a phenomenon <laughs> in which is believed to foretell the future, often signifying the advent of change. It was commonly believed in ancient times and still believed by some today that omens bring divine messages from the gods. Mm. Um, though the word omen is usually devoid of reference to the change's nature, hence being possibly either good or bad, the term is 
more often used in a foreboding sense, as with the word ominous. Um, uh, I never made the connection that ominous is derived from omen. I didn't either. <laughs> oh my god, my mind is blown. <laughs> um, and then I looked up, so there's this interesting a- article from this website called um, getcurrent.org. Um, it's 64 death omens, real or folklore. And he literally, I, or I don't There's know if so it's a many that wrote this. Um, it doesn't it, say. It just says current writer. It's an unnamed It's like author. a blog post type of thing. I'll link this in the... Yeah, I have this, the link for Or in it. the um, uh, episode description so you guys can take a look at it yourself. We are not reading through all 64 today. No. The, 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 he, they, whoever it is, listed 64 different omens. Um, really interesting. Because they're like literally everything. Some of them... <laughs> There's one like oh gosh what was it like um the one that had me dying was having a fan on in a room yes. without the windows open and so that's I was me like, every single fucking night <laughs> me all the time <laughs> like, uh, so it just shows how superstitious because a lot of these I'll just read it at the end hold on just gonna scroll all the way to the bottom oop a little too far. Okay, so I'll just read this. So as we read through the death omens and speculate about their origins, it becomes clear that they are all inspired by one thing, a fear of the unknown. Whether that is due to not understanding a particular phenomenon or trying to simply justify why someone died, it is clear that humans are searching for answers. Does this take away the legitimacy of death omens? And Then, he, then they wrote, here are some common themes I noticed, uh, like animals... New England, a lot of these came from New England, like Massachusetts. Really? Interesting. He's like, witch trial mania? Why was New England so superstitious? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sicknesses, family members dying around you. Um, So those are some, like, common ones. Uh, Interesting. But you can look through the... Ears ringing? Yeah. If your ears are ringing, this rings in your death, sometimes even before the end of that week. By the way, ears ringing is just your body doing a sound check basically <laughs> yeah mine do that all the time <laughs> so that's normal <laughs> yeah uh literally like um you drop a bobby pin that's a it's death apparently omen. a death omen i'm <laughs> shivering i get the chills all the time it's shivering that's someone walking over your future gravesite i've heard that one before <laughs> sneezing before breakfast on, on sunday a morning. sunday morning <laughs> babies you will hear of a death before the next saturday ends um babies or babies are just omens well if they're born with extra long fingers oh, okay <laughs> if they get a tooth on the top of their mouth the first tooth or if they get their nails trimmed when they're too young what is too young i don't know i have no idea but okay. it doesn't specify <laughs> so yeah people are very superstitious women in white interesting headless, the headless horseman. horseman that one's that's a classic one six foot skeleton not 12 foot <laughs> There's a lot of those around. You see how many people brought those back? There's so many in people's yards right now. Really? I love it. I'm sure they bought more this time around. I want one because they're cool. <laughs> Last year, they I'm not sure if y'all remember, but they ran out of stock real quickly. Like, the internet discovered 12-foot skeletons were a thing, and Home Depot was sold out everywhere. Whoever was like, hey, we should, get, we should stock these for Halloween, was like, 
deserved a fucking raise probably <laughs> they were so popular here in utah i don't know if they were other places too probably they were popular everywhere like the whole country wow it was wild for these 12 foot skeletons with like glowy red eyes there's the one house that we would see when doing doordash that had it like on the roof yeah <laughs> it was like on, well, it was actually like on their second story balcony yeah yeah i yeah. think um i don't know how they I fucking... literally saw one the other night while door dashing did so. you that's yeah. awesome but yeah there's I will include this list of death omens in um, the episode description, because this is wild. And with a bunch of, like, animals, too. And inanimate objects. (laughs) It's kind of divided up into sections. Guess what's a death omen? Death. (laughs) (laughs) If you have precognitive dreams, dreaming about death could signal the death of that person in real life. Even dreaming of the death of an unrelated person or animal could mean death is near you in your waking life. It's kind of true, though, um, because everyone's going to die eventually, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's very true! (laughs) Everyone dies eventually. Okay. Also, it's just... Um, you often dream dream about what's in your mind when you're awake. So mm-hmm. if you like are worried about like someone, you know, yeah, you like probably if dream you have about like, it too. If you have like a sick family member, because your dreams are your body's way of or your brain's way of like either processing trauma or preparing for certain situations, specifically nightmares. Yeah, um, is your body's way of like doing trial runs of things or of trying to understand what happened. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, super interesting. We'll link the article for you guys. (laughs) Okay. Um, So getting back into the episode. So Sam has explained um, that he thinks Claire is a death omen, and he asks how much Diana knows about Pete. Um, And she's like, well, like, she's kind of like, I don't, like, I don't know why he'd be linked to this. And then she remembers that about a year ago, some heroin went missing from lockup. Um, she's like, we knew it was a cop, but we never found out who did it. But whoever did would need someone with connections in the drug community to fence it, which is white collar crime way of saying, like, sell the thing. I learned that from <laughs> white collar. The <laughs> term fence? Uh-huh. <laughs> I learned it from Skyrim. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> they'll always, in white collar, they always say, like, if, like, someone steals a painting, you need someone to fence it, which is basically someone, like, completely unrelated. It's, it's a way to, to sell it for sell you. Sell something like stolen goods basically yeah or something illegal it's like yeah. the black market kind of <laughs> yeah basically um and they kind of they make the connection that claire was literally arrested for like selling drugs like she was perfect to sell this stolen heroin for pete so he could make a profit off of it um and from here we cut to dean in the back of a police transport vehicle with just Pete at the wheel. Um, Not a good sign. He's like, I get... (laughs) Um, He... How is it he says it? Because he's really funny. He's trying to... Dean is obviously a little bit freaking out. um, And he's trying to kind of keep it light. Um, (laughs) He says, I'm being extradited to St. Louis, huh? And you just decided to transfer me yourself 800 miles at 2 in the morning? <laughs> this can't be good. <laughs> oh, 
poor Dean. So we cut from there. Pete doesn't respond to him at all. We cut from there to Sam and Diana driving. Diana has just called the station and found out that Pete left with Dean. He said he was being transferred and then just took him, which is feels against protocol. Yeah. Um, a dispatch has been trying to get a hold of Pete, but he's not picking up. Um, but he left in a county vehicle. He, he is in an official vehicle. He's not just in his personal car. Yeah. Um, and Sam's like, well, then it has a low jack. We just have to get it turned on. Um, what is that? A GPS. Oh, okay. It's got, like, a tracker on it. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense, because it's a Government police car. Vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Pete has parked the van. Um, Dean's like... A pee break already? You gotta get your prostate checked. <laughs> and then Pete starts, he opens the back of the van and starts getting Dean out. And Dean's like, no, I'll stay here. <laughs> like, he's definitely putting on like a brave face because he knows this is going real bad real fast and he has no idea where Sam is. Um, trust your little brother, Dean. Uh, I feel like Sam and Diana must have been on this exact highway because otherwise how the fuck did they get there so quickly yeah um though we don't really know how much time has passed like how long pete has actually been driving it must not have been super far no definitely not though it is morning in a bit i mean a lot's transpired over this whole night so yeah it was 2 a.m dean said it was 2 a.m in the when we first see him in the back of the transport vehicle oh yeah and then after pete dies it's morning suddenly. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes yeah. Supernatural is a little bit iffy about the timing of things. Just a little bit iffy. <laughs> so I'm assuming they, like, drove a little bit, um, and then, like, then were able to catch up with them. Like, Pete actually, like, kind of went a bit of a distance before deciding that this is, okay, this is a safe distance to, like, get out and shoot this guy. <laughs> okay. Um... Getting back into it. So, Pete parks the van, he gets Dean out, and he reveals that he plans to kill Dean while he's trying to quote-unquote escape. Um, Lucky for Dean, this is when Diana and Sam arrive. (laughs) Diana has her gun pointed at Dean and she- or at Pete, she tells him to put his gun down. Um, She reveals that she knows about Claire. Um, And this is where Pete, like any good villain, spills the whole- the whole beans. Got, all the beans. Do his monologue. Beans all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be beans today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna call this episode Beans. <laughs> okay. So Pete reveals that Claire was gonna was gonna sell him out. She was gonna turn him in. Um Tony laundered the money for him and was getting kind of nervous and he so he killed Tony and he's sure that Tony told Karen everything so Karen had to die too. <laughs> God, I hate people like this. Um and Pete's like and then this Dean kid comes along and he's like a gift from, <laughs> from the heavens like we'll pin the whole thing on him, everything'll go back to normal, it'll be fine. You know, and he's like, see, like, we'll just, I'll just solve all our problems right here. And Diana, like, pretends that she's gonna agree with Pete, and she lowers her gun, which 
gets his guard down, and he turns back to Dean, at which point she shoots him. <laughs> shoots him in the leg or something. I think so. I didn't exactly She's not see. trying to kill him. No, at this point, she's not trying to kill him. Um, and then, well, it's like, so Pete goes down, um, and he manages to, he, like, grabs her around the legs. She's in the mistake of getting closer to him. Yeah, she stepped closer, like, within his reach, and he grabs her around the legs and knocks her down, and now he's, like, on top of her, and they're kind of wrestling a little bit. Um, he subdues her, but not really. I think he doesn't want to, he doesn't actually want to hurt Diana. Like, I think think he, like, loves Diana. Yeah. But, (laughs) so he points his gun at Sam and is like, don't you fucking do anything. And points it back at Dean again. (laughs) Sam is unarmed and still injured, by the way. (laughs) Points still has cast on. Um, and then... Dean is handcuffed still. (laughs) stands up. (laughs) Yeah, he points it back at Dean and Dean's like, dude, I ain't going anywhere. (laughs) Like, he's got, he's got the whole, the whole thing with, like, the... The ha- wrist handcuffs and the ankle cuffs all linked together. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Dean's just, like, sitting on the ground, like... <laughs> what do you expect me to do? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing anything. Um, Pete gets up. I mistyped his name as Peter a couple times. I'm pretty sure... Probably his full name. <laughs> it is Peter. But everyone just calls him Pete, so... <laughs> so, um, but Pete gets up, and he is, like, um... I think he is pointing his gun at Diana at this point, but she spots something behind him and, like, visibly starts to react to it, and he's Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is going- what- what? And turns around to see Claire, (laughs) um, who has appeared (laughs) to be a death omen. (laughs) (laughs) She's got, like, a smile on her face now. Yeah, yeah. She did the, turn into a vengeful in, spirit in the end, didn't she? Well, she didn't. She doesn't actually kill him. No, she but she still, gets her revenge. She gets justice. justice. I would call it justice yeah. more, um, but it is a little bit revenge. Um, but she is a death omen still. For Pete. Specifically for Pete, who <laughs> Diana shoots in the back. Um, and he goes down, and we cut to morning. Because what's a proper timeline? <laughs> Diana's like crouched by Pete's body. The sun somehow came up in that time period. I don't know. Well, during this whole scuffle, it's been light out too. It was night. Was it? I think it was. It was light. lit because this is TV. We have to see things, and also <laughs> which this made it is look like it was like morning, early, early days, early morning. Maybe yeah, it was probably like early morning, I guess. But this is also early days of Supernatural when you could still actually like see what was happening on the screen. <laughs> I swear to God, there are some episodes where I was like, I'm, I'm just like, I don't wait. So they make it so you can't what's see happening. later on. I Sometimes. hate it when they do that. <laughs> It's like show. the last couple of Harry Potter movies. I can't oh see. my god! Don't even get me started. By part two of Harry Potter, I they don't do it fucking all the time. See what was going on? <laughs> and later seasons, just the show overall visually brightens up a lot. But there's some moments in early seasons where I'm like, it's too dark. Help. <laughs> okay, so it's morning now. Um, Dan is like crouched by Pete's body, and she stands up and walks over to the boys. Dean is no longer handcuffed to himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, wrote, I ended that sentence with a two and then realized you needed to like continue that <laughs> it just ended with uh, Dean is no longer handcuffed <laughs> yeah but for some reason I put the two at the end of it without to thinking himself. I mean he was he was <laughs> um, 
you know, they the boys ask if Diana's okay, and she's like, no, not really. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> uh, she asks what will happen to Claire, and Sam says that because she got justice, um, she should be at rest. So Diana asks what happens next, um, or Dean asks what happens next, and Diana's like, well, Pete screwed up both of your cases, like, royally. So fucked up. Um, so I'm pretty sure I can get those charges dropped, but mm, St. Louis, that's a different story. <laughs> that's a little messier. <laughs> uh, she's like, but hypothetically, I could turn my back and you could just walk away and the suspects have escaped. <laughs> so the boys are like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, Dean asks where their car is. Diana tells him, and then the boys kind of get this look on her their faces, and she's like, don't you fucking dare. She's <laughs> like, you're just gonna get caught again. <laughs> yeah, Sam's like, we'll improvise. We're good at that. She's like, I noticed. <laughs> What's funny is sometimes they're really bad at it, which I love. I love when things go so off script that they're like, didn't plan for this. <laughs> so, and then... As the boys walk away, Dean asks if Diana looked familiar to Sam. Sam's like, no. And then he's like, are you hungry? I could really go for some pea soup for some reason. A nice call back to uh, The Exorcist, which well, we found out. <laughs> I have never seen The Exorcist. Neither have I. Um, but I did realize after a second... I, I was like, pea, like, we literally, like, the credits are rolling, and I'm sitting there going, pea soup? What? <laughs> what? What? I thought it, it was a reference to, uh, like, the pea break earlier. <laughs> Dean's joke about the pea break. Yeah, that's what she thought it was, and I was just like, I'm confused. And then, as I was typing it into my notes, I was like, oh, it's because she's Linda Blair. <laughs> she looks familiar because she was in The Exorcist. Yeah. And the pea soup <laughs> reference is because her character throws up pea soup. Uh, to make um, it like vomit, whatever. I think it's like that she ate pea soup and so she's throwing up pea soup. Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually seen the episode. Uh, or episode movie. I haven't not seen The Exorcist. I don't have a desire to. Me neither. Um, if any film bros come into my comments and they're like, you need to see it, no. I don't. It's not my cup of tea. I'm not a horror movie fan. I don't like horror movies. <laughs> I've seen a couple, and I didn't like any of them <laughs> that much. <laughs> They're just not for me. Okay, but that is where our episode ends. Um, with Dean really wanting pea soup. <laughs> you ever had pea soup? I feel like I, I've had like split pea soup or something. That I think must my be mom made referencing. it. My brother used to be obsessed with it. I've never actually had it. I'm more of a chicken noodle person myself. Ooh, maybe I'll have some chicken and dumpling soup after you go. I have some soup. You hungry? A little bit. Um, but okay, so we should we gotta wrap this up. So that is the end of this episode. And I know I promised last week that we were gonna do a combo, but we're not. It's not happening. I ain't doing it. You can't make me. I don't think there's anything else I want to talk about this episode. It is a good episode, though, and I like I like the insight it gives us into um, the boys' like methodology and the ways they work together as a team and how even when they're in separate rooms, they're still, like, scary in sync. <laughs> it's great. I love it. 
Um, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about in this episode, babe? Or have we um, covered? I think we covered it. That's a yeah. good one. It's a really, it's a good one. I've really, it's a good one. It's for not the most like, part genuinely enjoyed every episode of season two so far. It's a good season. Season two is such a good season. I don't, but I'm not a huge fan of everybody likes a clown. Yeah. Loves a clown. I can't remember what the episode's called. I'm not the biggest fan of that episode, but I don't, like, hate it. It's just kind of meh. Kind you know? one of the weaker but actually, ones. Like, but I think this episode's, like, pretty pretty decent yeah. for a just, you know, middle of this, middle-ish of the season Monster of the Week episode. Like, this doesn't really connect to the meta plot in any way, shape, or form. It does in the fact of, it's kind of introducing them having trouble with the records <laughs> and re- bringing up the whole shapeshifter episode because that's gonna play a bigger role in the season yeah it's kind of I, yeah i guess it does kind of fit into one of the meta plots but it's not the overarching and one of the season doesn't linda blair mention like how there's others that are going to be looking for them kind of setting up the whole hendrickson thing later mm-hmm. on yeah yeah <laughs> she even says um to sam at one point that like they're Diggy, they're exhuming a grave in St. Louis to figure out how the fuck Dean faced, faked his death. And wasn't that I, Hendrickson that's doing that? I'm assuming it's like St. Louis police and then Hendrickson gets involved. Yeah. But I want to see that scene. Like, what did they find in that grave? Did it still look like Dean? <laughs> like, does... We know that a shapeshifter gets the memories of the person that they turn into. Do they also get the DNA? Like, don't know. That's never explained. They <laughs> never, as far as I'm aware, they never explain what happened with that grave. So I would. That's something I would love to know. Someone ask Kripke. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll tweet Kripke and be like, "Hey, um, what was in the grave in St. Louis <laughs> that wasn't Dean? <laughs> like, what did they find? Because I really want to know." Um, all right. But in the meantime, next week we are covering season two. Episode 8, Crossroad Blues, which is a good one. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one. Are we doing going to try and do a double next episode? No. <laughs> no? I don't think so. <laughs> What's the one after that? Um, The one after that. Here, let me just go to the wiki and skip ahead. So Crossroad Blues is next week, and then the one after that ah, is Croatoan. That's going to be a whole episode, There's probably. There's no <laughs> way I'm combining Crossroad Blues with Croatoan. It's not happening. Yeah. Too much to talk about. Uh, Croatoan's such a good what one. What comes after Croatoan? It's, ah, uh, it's Hunted. Ooh, another good one. I feel like this is, I feel like Hunted is the only episode with Gordon that doesn't have the word blood in the title. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, be. I think he's... Oh, uh, no. Bad Day at Black Rock also doesn't have the word blood in the title, and he makes brief appearances in that. But, okay. So, next week we are covering episode eight, um, Crossroad Blues. And I'm very excited for that one, because it's a good one. <laughs> and also, it's actually got music in it. This episode doesn't have a single, like, licensed song. It's all just original it's gonna be com- the, uh... compositions. So, y'all got... Carry on, Carry on. <laughs> so <laughs> I couldn't do anything fun like I did last week. That was a I good had one. Fun with last week's <laughs> getting it lined up just right. I love it. I had a good time with that one. I like getting to do fun things with the podcast. Is it bad that intro I music? really haven't gone back and listened to any of our 
past no. episodes. Nah. I tried. I'm just like, but I've already lived through this. <laughs> it's not entertaining <laughs> you, to me. You don't have to listen to it. <laughs> it's okay, babe. <laughs> In fact, I'd be surprised if you had. Because we're fucking... This is episode 27. Like, yeah. That's so many hours of podcast already. So many. We are two and a half minutes into this. Two... Two and a half hours. Two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. <laughs> that was a talk. long two and a half minutes. <laughs> Talking real fast. <laughs> All right. Let's just wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. I don't know. Where are you listening to this? Um, also, if you're able, please rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're using, but especially on iTunes. It really helps the algorithm, really helps people find our podcast. Um, <laughs> we're like number seven in Turkey for a hot minute there. That was cool. Of all podcasts or specific of, genre? Like, the entertainment podcast <laughs> wow. or something. I don't know. I don't Shout know. out to our Turkish <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. That's then cool. If you I have... didn't even know. <laughs> how international we've gone (laughs) (laughs) if you have fellow supernatural fans um please tell them about us and if you want to reach out you can find the podcast on twitter at talk about sam pod on instagram at we need to talk about sam podcast and on tumblr and tiktok at we need to talk about sam i actually posted a tick two TikToks this week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I avoided the Three. second one because I knew there's spoilers in it. Actually, no, I posted a TikTok last week and then a TikTok this week. Um, but the most recent one I did is major spoilers for season 15, episode 3. Um, I was inspired. The dopamine required me to be creative. <laughs> so I did a thing. It's, it's up there if you're interested, if you want to see it. I'm actually pretty proud of it. It's not doing too well numbers-wise, but I still think it's good. I had fun with it. I can't wait for you to reach that point in the show so I can finally show it to you. It's going to be a few years it's at this be rate. a hot minute. Um, <laughs> if you want to reach out to me specifically or follow my personal accounts, I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, where can the people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter where I've been decently active lately yeah she's been liking my tweets what a good girlfriend <laughs> uh at life flows on three i I'm, i've grown a little bit on there so i think some of you guys must be following me so thank Aww, you <laughs> yay um and on tumblr at hf thoughts dash blog i'm not on there nearly as often but. <laughs> she's basically never on tumblr um all right thank you guys again for listening and we will talk to you next week bye to god i think i cut a lot of the stuff out of the outtakes of last week's episode but that day i spent the whole day at lagoon and Haley spent the whole day at work and then i got to her house at like 
11. We were so tired, And guys. we still had to watch the episode. We were so tired. It was bad. <laughs> well, and she was loopy, and I briefly hit loopy and then jumped right over it into grumpy, and it was just a whole thing. It didn't and help that your laptop got unplugged like, oh three times. Oh my god, I almost cried. <laughs> I was I was so mad. Um, I mentioned this... I think I mentioned it in the episode description. I definitely mentioned it in my retweet onto my personal account from the podcast account that my laptop is, I got it my freshman, my very first semester, which was fall 2016. I am graduating this semester, fall 2021, and I've had the same laptop since that first semester. So it's ancient. It really, what it needs is a new battery. Yeah. Because the battery just doesn't hold a charge. It's also slow as snails. Yes. (laughs) That's the whole thing. I need to clean the whole thing off. Um, Or just get a new laptop. That's kind of, that's where my old laptop got to the same point of yours when it just about collapsed. Yeah. So. (laughs) They only last a certain amount of years. Because it doesn't hold a charge, unless it is plugged in, it doesn't work. It doesn't turn on. It doesn't do anything. And if you unplug it, it just turns off. So we were <laughs> it literally... zero battery life. <laughs> we were 45 minutes into recording. Oh we had recorded 15 minutes of the episode, I think a whole page of my notes. And I decided that I needed to rearrange my legs because my knees were starting to ache. And in doing so, I unplugged my fucking laptop. And the thing just went black. And it just died. And audacity by some miracle had a recovery file like you know when you like when like word crashes and recovers your document for you audacity had that and so it had the entire file still but oh my god i literally almost cried (laughs) i'm sitting there we thought we were gonna have to re-record oh yeah yeah that's why i almost cried because i thought we were gonna have to re-record 45 minutes of content (laughs) We probably would have skipped all the outtakes. I would have been just like, no outtakes this well, week. I mean, if that happened, we might have just like said, screw it, we'll just do it next week. Yeah, but I really don't want to skip another week again. I already felt bad skipping it. I know, one. but we, we talked about it, though, if we were yeah. going to have to re-record, because we were both so tired at that we point. We could have theoretically recorded Saturday night, like if yeah. we'd both made sure that we like were ready for it, but... And we didn't want to do that. I mean, I got back didn't get at home like until after one. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, so it was, it was. Oh my god, it was almost really, really bad. Thank God for Audacity and Recovery Files. So, <laughs> I did have to re-record our our little intro bit. <laughs> yeah, I listened to because that. Haley you just coughed like, you... in the middle of the one we recorded. <laughs> you on. edited me back in. I did. It was really funny. <laughs> I didn't use your recording from the from the episode. I pulled your I know, I'm from Haley a different episode from the week before. <laughs> you can tell it's like completely different audio. I literally. <laughs> I'm like I'm Haley. <laughs> I literally. So <laughs> I re- I recorded. In. I was sitting there <laughs> editing, and I like figured out where in the track that we did our little intro and I, so I cut out I, I cut out the outtakes <laughs> and moved them to the end of the episode like I always do and then I was doing the like I was like okay is how's the intro sound and Haley literally like cleared her throat in the middle of me doing my little opening spiel and you couldn't hear me at all oh really 
So instead, I already knew that I wanted to, like, record a warning to be like, hey, by the way, the audio on this isn't as good of quality as you guys might be used to because we were working with what we had, you know? And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do that and also re-record my portion of the intro. And then I was like, okay, well, can I edit in Haley's portion that already existed from that episode? And... No. <laughs> Could not hear you at all. You were so quiet. <laughs> this little, little, the little tiny sound wave. <laughs> I think you were leaning back. I was. I was the, tired, guys. She was leaning back away from the microphone. I was leaning so, into my pillow. So I was like, nope, can't use that either. <laughs> so I just went to the week before's episode and cut out her saying her name <laughs> and put it in. Starting another new job. Haley has a new job. Surprise. Granted, the post office was sucking every bit of will to live out of her, so. How many jobs have I been through now since we started the podcast? So many. You guys are going to be like, Amazon. Seriously. (laughs) Amazon. Amazon. I've worked for Amazon. Post office. Beans Um, and brews. Now I'm... I feel like I'm forgetting something, but there's definitely five that I can think of off the top of my head, because you worked for two different Amazon fulfillment companies. Well, I was a oh, driver. briefly FedEx. She, <laughs> she worked for FedEx for a single day. One day. <laughs> How, did you even I get worked paid? in a, like, a compliance office for like a month. Oh, yeah, you did. An office job, yeah. Yeah. So that's... Is anyone in the same boat of me that's having a hard time getting jobs to, like, work out for you? Because I've never had the struggle until, like, 2020. (laughs) And then, like, I've had the hardest time keeping a job for longer than a couple months. Yeah. Um, But now I have a new job that seems like a good one, so... She's very excited. I'm going to be a job coach. Yeah. It's, like, in, like, the area that you're planning to get your degree in. So, Mm -hmm. like, it works, you know? Seems like a good company. It's a smaller company where... They don't have insurance. Yeah. I met the boss and he's really cool, so... Yeah. I think it'll be good. I think it will be good, too. We'll update you. (laughs) Fingers crossed I can keep this job for a while. Actually, you're most likely to get updated if she gets another job. (laughs) I'm gonna keep teasing you. I really don't want another job. I'm tired of jumping jobs. Oh my god, I bet. to talk about this week. I went to Disneyland with my family. She did. She, I guess she really hasn't gotten to talk about Disneyland because we recorded last Sunday's episode before she left. <laughs> we went yeah. to Disneyland. I did. It was really fun. She saw the new Avengers compound. Yeah, I got to see the new uh, Spider-Man animatronic mm. that like literally swings from a building. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. I've 
like never seen like a free I don't know, freestanding animatronic like that before. Yeah, one that like actually like moves around and stuff beyond like standing on a pedestal and talking. Yeah. 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 It was like mind The Imagineers it's crazy. are incredible with what they do with that. If you guys wanna like see what it looks like, just Google Spider Man animatronic at Avengers uh-huh. Campus and it shows you like behind the scenes of how they yeah. made it and stuff. It's it's wild. Amazing. So there is an actual like Spider Man actor yes. who like, you know, I got a picture with people. taken with him. Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> um, and like, there's they do like a crawling up and down the walls and a couple of, like mm-hmm. stunts and flips and stuff. But then there's an animatronic in a Spider-Man costume that does this whole big like swinging. He routine. literally swings from a building and flips and lands into a net, but you can't see the net. <laughs> designed an animatronic that they could throw into the air and have it survive. Yes, <laughs> it throws it gets flung into the air, it does a flip, and then they catch it. <laughs> it's wild. It's, wow. Oh, the behind-the-scenes footage is so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. I will say, there was a lot of cool things about Avengers Campus. It was slightly underwhelming. I've heard that. Just because there's not like, a ton to do there, which is yeah. kind of sad. I know they had super limited space. Because um, they turned Bugs Land. Yeah, they Bugs just had one little area to work with that they repurposed, you know? Yeah. Um, which is basically, like, one restaurant, one shop. Um, and this big compound building big that you compound, can't even enter. unfortunately you can't even go in. I no, was disappointed. No, it's cast members only. Um, it's cool that you can, like, wave to different superheroes that go up they, on like, it and they, stuff. They, like, walk around on, like, the balconies and wave yeah. down at people and... Like, I've seen, like, people, like, chat with them. Yeah, you can talk you know? to them and stuff. Yeah. But, like, you can't go in there. And they only have one ride, and the ride was, like, super high-tech and stuff. It was cool, but it was a little underwhelming. Yeah. That's disappointing, because, like, this is Marvel. Yeah. You know, like, it should be It's like insane. a Spider-Man ride, but if any of you, you know, fellow Disney fans have done, like, the Toy Story Mania ride... Um, oh, they have it on like both coasts. Little shooty. Yeah, ah. it's basically the Spider-Man version of that, where you can like you literally you move your hands and like webs shoot webs, people. which is cool, but it's super short and a little underwhelming. Yeah, because for Avengers, you'd expect like a giant roller coaster. Or something, yeah, I, you know, I'd heard rumors they were making like a Quinjet ride, but apparently that didn't happen. Lame. That'd be cool. I would I'd like love it. to do something, like, where you're, like, flying as Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, something. when I heard Spider-Man ride and that it was, like, 4D, I figured they were gonna do, like, you're gonna do, like, some faux drops and swinging around yeah. and Spider-Man saves you or something. But instead it's just... It's just an arcade Toy game. Story, but Spider-Man. <laughs> where you just, like, get points for swinging robots yeah. or whatever. And you don't even get rewarded for the points. No. Yeah. Yeah. Just to say that you got a certain amount of points, but yeah, that's about it's it. It's just the... the um, and you have to get, like, in a virtual queue to even be able to ride it, you know, and you have to kind of, like... Sounds same with Rise fun. of Resistance, like, you have to hopefully get a spot. Yeah. Like, but you know... But Star Wars Land is way more immersive. Rise of Resistance is 100% worth it, and I will go into <laughs> detail about that. <laughs> but, unfortunately, um, yeah, Spider-Man ride was a little... Underwhelming. Underwhelming. I bet kids, like, love it and oh, stuff. It's definitely, like, aimed for a younger audience, but... Yeah. Just kind of feels like missed opportunities. Didn't weren't they gonna do something with the Tower of Terror? Well, it is Guardians of the Galaxy. Is it themed? Yeah. 
That's what I thought. I was like, I feel like they repurposed Tower of Terror. Yeah, they did that like years ago. Not at Disney World. No, Disney World is still the Tower of Terror. Disney World, there's like a separate Avengers thing at a different amusement park. Have they built that yet? I don't know if it's been built yet, but there's like a whole thing where like Disney can't have an Avengers campus in Disney World because there's like already a deal. Like there was already an existing contract with Hmm. a different amusement park company in Florida. So like Is it Universal? I think it was Universal. So like they got it first and so even though Disney owns yeah, Marvel now They like, have a whole superhero Marvel Island at Universal, so yeah, that's probably the contract. Because because that already exists, Disney can't do an Avengers compound mm. at Disney. Which World. sucks because they have more space to do something <laughs> really cool over there. I bet you'd be fucking awesome. And just their land in California is super uh limited. Yeah. <laughs> It's, like, all enclosed, like, it's completely surrounded by city now, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Like, on all sides. Like, there's no expanding. I was surprised that they had room to do Star Wars Land, to be honest, because it's just everything's super limited over there. Yeah. I forgot to... Do you think they have more land than it looks like they have? Yeah. Like, looking at the map, I'm like, oh, wow, look at all this expanded area I didn't know they had, but still, Mm -hmm. it's... Tons smaller than the land they have in Florida. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I've never been to Florida. Uh, um, I had a thought. What was the thought? Oh, I saw a thing on TikTok that was like, you know, the space where Avengers Compound is before is like Bugs, the Bugs Life <laughs> Land, and then now, and um. <laughs> Someone in the comments was like, "Yeah, I don't want to visit the land of no shade." Because <laughs> like, there's yeah, there's no shade. <laughs> I was like, hmm, "That's not for me." <laughs> but I want to meet. I want to see Agatha. Yeah, but she's she only, was at only the coming party, out for the oogie boogie night, which is bummer because I wanted to see Agatha. Yeah, I've been seeing lots of videos of Agatha all over my TikTok feed, and she who the act. The, the lady that they hired to be Agatha is so iconic. She is nailing the Catherine Hahn impression yeah. every time. It's so good. She likes did you see, and everything. Did you see the Agatha news? No. She's getting her own spinoff show. Is she really? Yeah. Sweet. They're doing an Agatha Harkness show. Nice. I'm so fucking excited. Also, Catherine Hahn totally deserves it because she did she killed phenomenal. It. She was amazing. I think it's a, like a prequel, like mm-hmm. her like story going deeper okay. into her backstory is what I gathered from the little snippets I've seen about it so far. Like, WandaVision is my favorite thing from 2020. Oh, or 2021. It came out this year, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. WandaVision is a fucking masterpiece. Oh, I love it so much. It's amazing. We still haven't finished Loki because we're awful, but it's. I feel like even after finishing Loki, WandaVision will remain my number one Disney show. It's my one of my favorite things Marvel has ever done. Yeah, which is saying a lot. <laughs> WandaVision and Black Widow, and Shang Chi. Shang Chi, fucking love Shang Chi. Really <laughs> Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok. I think those are like my top five. Not necessarily yeah. in that order, and the order may change on my mood, but like top five.
fucking excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. I can't even tell you. (laughs) I'm so fucking excited. Has the next trailer dropped yet? No, but I heard we're gonna get a glimpse of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. I figured it hadn't dropped yet because you would have shown me if it had. (laughs) (laughs) She would have sent it to me. You know, uh, I grew up on the original Spider-Man movies, so I this is like really grow up on Spider-Man. Surprisingly like, enough. Like, I know I've seen the first two of the Tobey Maguire ones, and yeah. I've seen through Uncle Ben's death in the Andrew Garfield ones. There was a church dance that night that I wanted to go to more than I wanted to watch Spider-Man, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like I have some experience with those Spider-Mans, but for me, Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man because he's the one that I've seen the most of and been the most emotionally attached to. Just, like, to. those original Spider-Man movies are, A, what made... Spider-Man, like, my favorite superhero from this day. Yeah. And B, got me into superheroes and Marvel and everything from the very beginning. So I'm very nostalgic for the Tobey Maguire (laughs) Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, I don't care as much about, but I appreciate him. I know Thor and the first Captain America movie came out the same year, but I can't remember which one came out first. For what? Out of those two movies? Yeah. Uh, was Thor... That's the first, like, superhero movie that I watched that I know, remember watching. And, you know, because I think I was kind of too young when I watched the Spider-Man movies. The, yeah. The first two. Well, the first um, one came out in 2002, so. And I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I was five. <laughs> and I wasn't really interested when the Andrew Garfield one came out. Like, it just wasn't really for me at the time. Don't get me wrong, I love Tom Holland. But. But. I'm nostalgic for Tobey Maguire. Come, did the Andrew Garfield one come out after Thor? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Came out 2012. I guess I just... Oh, yeah, and Thor was 2011. I know, because it? I was working at the movie theater when that came <laughs> out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, like, I got... I was into Marvel, but I wasn't really into Spider-Man yet mm-hmm. at the time, but I really liked Loki. <laughs> And I really liked Captain America. <laughs> I can say, like, so. I was, like, hugely into Spider-Man at the time. And then when the MCU started, I wasn't very big into it. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of liked the Iron Man movie, but I wasn't... I was, like, pretty young when it came out, so I was like, eh. I didn't even see it. What year did that come out? It's, like, tw- 2008, I think. So I was, like, 11. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it was like, uh, it came a out little my, young to be watching. <laughs> it came out my freshman year of high school, and I was like, meh. Yeah. But then what finally cemented, like... Yeah, so I was 11. The MCU back was watching Avengers for the first oh, time. for sure. And I'm like, oh, shit. For this, sure. This, this, this shit's the Avengers, real cool. <laughs> the, the original Avengers movie is fucking iconic. And I got back on board with Marvel and superheroes yeah. again. But my original love like, started... Really in to Marvel growing up. Yeah. I my, was a horse My girl. original love started when I was, <laughs> With like, Spider-Man. 10 years old watching Spider-Man for the first time. Like, <laughs> that's why Spider-Man's special to me. Like, he's yeah. my first real superhero, you know? I think... I'm trying to think. Like, I like I knew who Spider-Man was, you know? Like, I knew this kind of who the superheroes were growing up, but I wasn't particularly interested in them. But I guess they just really hadn't been introduced to me the right way, you know? Mm-hmm. I was I was a warrior cats kid. <laughs> I was an Aragon kid. 
and me too. <laughs> and I was a Maximum Bride kid. Oh, yeah. Also Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potter, Potter all yeah. the way. And I've read Lord of the Rings at probably too young of an age. <laughs> but I love those books. So, yeah. Well, and also my mom wouldn't let me see the movies for Lord of the Rings until I had read the books. Oh, so geez. I was like, okay, well, I'll read the fucking books. And I did. That was my mom's, that's always been my mom's rule. I can't if imagine there's... trying to read those books as, like, a preteen. Like, it would have just gone over my head. I feel like most of it did. Um, <laughs> I tried to read The Hobbit was... as a preteen, and that went over my head, and that's easier than yeah, the other one. Yeah, that's much easier than Lord of the Rings. Um, that was always my mom's rule growing up, with the Harry Potter movies, with the Lord of the Rings movies, any movie that was based on a book that I wanted to see, I had to read the book first. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so... Um, I kind of follow that rule myself, but not as strictly, um, because, like, I definitely didn't read the book for Love, Simon before I watched it, and I watched that movie three times in theaters. It's a great movie. Because it's, it made me cry. I forgot that it's based off of a book. fucking time. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was based off of a book. I definitely read all the P- um, Percy Jackson books that were out oh, before yes. the movie. Oh, there's no comparison. Yeah, no. We pretend that the Percy Jackson movie doesn't exist. <laughs> They're actually making... But I love Jake Abel. Yes. He's really good at, as Luke. He is, yes. Also, get off my roof. <laughs> or don't walk on my roof. I That's love still it. iconic, it's yes. so good. <laughs> but they are making, in the works, a new Percy Jackson TV series. Is Rick Riordan still yes. involved with that? Yes, he is. Yay. So it's going to be good. That's gonna be good. Percy Jackson will forever have my heart. Those books are fantastic. TikToks. I found the audiobook for all four audiobooks for the Inheritance Cycle. Ooh, really? Um, and I added them all to my list and then put the first one on hold. So I should have hey. it in about three weeks. I need to reread those. I've been meaning to. Those are like my adolescent books. I cannot read a physical book. Like the closest I get is fan fiction <laughs> and textbooks, which don't count. Just so you know, they don't yeah. they don't count. Um, although I haven't read one of my textbooks in like three weeks at least. You were reading it the other day when I was over. Not that one, the other one. Oh. <laughs> the other one's online though, and I don't like reading it. Because but I it reads hate... to you, right? You figured that yeah, out. Yeah, I can make it read to me, but it's slow even when I speed it up and it's boring and it also reads everything on the page so it starts with the page number and then the chapter title and then reads the whole thing and it'll stop for captions and then it'll stop for like crediting images too i don't know it's i hate it i hate it and then i have to it it stops at the bottom of the page (laughs) so to turn the i have to go to the next page and then try and remember where it ended what it ended with on the page before which I can't do, I'm incapable of. <laughs> and start the next page and it starts with a fucking page number again. <laughs> I hate it. It's the worst. And I haven't I haven't needed the textbook <laughs> for the assignments. Straight up I mean, haven't needed you can it. Get away not having to read your so... textbooks, which I have many times. Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> Unfortunately still have to pay for it though. Spent so much money on the damn thing. And I'm not using it. I think it yeah. was probably about sixty 
60 bucks, which well, is... That's why I always tried to rent mine kind of, if I could. I, I am renting it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a rent price? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. about us not really having anything to talk about <laughs> we're almost an hour into this goddamn podcast and we haven't even talked about the episode yet we should probably talk about the episode probably <laughs> probably um should we talk about supernatural then yeah i have to get up early tomorrow yes so. you do so we should probably hurry hurry okay.